Good morning to everyone. Happy Sunday to all of you. Welcome to Sacred Heart. Um, tomorrow, January 22nd, uh, the U.S. bishops have, de- have designated as the day of prayer for the legal protection of the unborn. January 22nd, 1973 is the date that the Roe versus Wade decision was handed down. Uh, by God's grace, on the solemnity of the Sacred Heart in 2022, that decision was reversed. But still, the, the bishops ask all of us Christians uh, who are servants and proclaimers of the gospel of life to pray for uh, the respect for all human life, no matter the age, intellectual condition, level of health, um, and particularly tomorrow for the legal protection of the unborn. So um, I encourage you during this Mass, that's what the bishops have asked, um, come up with a plan for what you're going to do in addition to your regular prayers tomorrow, because I know all of you have a daily prayer life that's robust and consistent. So in addition to what you're already doing, what are you going to be doing to respond to that invitation from the bishop to pray for the legal protection in our country and throughout the world for the most vulnerable in our society, the unborn? Um, Praying for that, praying for any moms and dads who are currently thinking about abortion, praying for any moms and dads and families that have experienced it already, that they know God's mercy, healing, and peace, and for conversion for anyone who supports abortion, especially those in positions of power. So come up with your spiritual plan for what you're going to do tomorrow. Uh, Today, uh, this was a couple years ago, uh, Pope Francis designated the third Sunday of Ordinary Time as the Sunday of the Word of God. And what he encouraged was that on this Sunday, Catholics pause to reflect on the role of the sacred scriptures, the inspired and inerrant word of God, or as the Second Vatican Council says, the word of God in human words, the written word of God, to ponder, meditate, be grateful for the role that the scriptures play in our life as a church and as individuals. And I wanna, I'm going to uh, preach reflecting on the role of the scriptures and using the gospel as, as the point of meditation. But I wanted to start with, with a very important point. Um, it's a, what's called apologetics. Maybe you've heard this word. Usually we use the word apology, meaning I come up and I'm saying sorry to you for something. But apologetics in, in Greek, apologia, is a reasoned defense for something. So when someone gives you an apologetic point about the faith, it's a reasoned defense for why we Christians do a particular thing. So on this Sunday of the Word of God, um, I don't know if there are any non-Catholic believers that are here, people of no faith, but I would imagine this is something that either has been said or you have heard said. Um, It's kind of a joke. Catholics usually laugh at this. I hate this joke. Hate. I shouldn't hate. I despise with every fiber of my being this particular joke. Well, someone will come up and will say either you're a Catholic or I'm a Catholic. They'll say that. And then what usually follows is, so I don't know the scriptures or you don't know the scriptures. Have any of you ever heard this? Is this the first time you've heard this? Right? People say it and then everyone kind of like chuckles a little bit. Yeah, you Catholics don't know the scriptures. So I despise this because it is not true. And if it is true, shame on you. 
If it is true for you, shame on you. Why do I say this? Because what we are doing now, what Catholics and what the Orthodox do, is the most scriptural form of worship in the Christian world. At our worship service, right now, the Mass, there is, by a factor of many, more focus on Scripture and hearing of Scripture than Fellowship Bible, Winchester Church of God, uh, Victory Bible, combined. Why do I say this? At every Sunday Mass, you will hear four major readings from the Scriptures, not interpreted whole texts. You come to weekday Mass, three readings from Scriptures. Every other, Christ, every other Mass during the year has at least three readings. You come on the Easter Vigil, ten readings from Scriptures. That's just the Scripture. Then you take the Missal where our prayers are from. Almost every prayer is from the Scriptures. Throw on top of that the Liturgy of the Hours. Throw on top of that the Rosary, which is scriptural in its entirety, and most other Catholic devotions. You add it all together a Catholic that participates regularly in their faith by going to Mass on Sunday and daily Mass will hear, in a span of three years, about 65 to 75% of the entire Bible. So anyone that has practiced their faith for longer than three years has heard and reheard, proclaimed during our Mass, 65 to 75% of the Bible. There is no Christian denomination that comes anywhere close to this. So when someone says Catholics don't know the Bible, you should not laugh because that's not funny and it's not true. And you should say, challenge and invite people to come to Mass and say, you come and tell me this isn't scriptural, right? Come and tell me it isn't scriptural. Also, you can say to our Protestant brothers and sisters, we've got seven more books of the Bible, so I think we do love the Bible more. Ours is bigger, right? We also wrote it. And just because you don't know chapter and verse, may I also point out that neither Jesus nor any of the apostles knew chapter and verse of the Bible? Because guess what, brothers and sisters? There are no chapters and verses in the Bible. When it was originally written, that was something that, was coming up, that came up in the Middle Ages and during the Renaissance to help people quote and cite it better. It was not how it was originally written. So to not know chapter and verse does not mean you don't know the Scriptures. When you hear and pray and worship according to the scripture, Catholics are more scriptural. So please, I'm getting fired up. I'm going to settle down. <laughs> we are scriptural. Okay, uh, if you go back and reread the readings for today, and I encourage you, you know, since Sunday or Word of God, it's always good to read the readings before you come to Mass, then you hear the readings at Mass, read them one more time after you leave Mass. That way it kind of gets embedded in your memory and in your prayer. Today I'm just going to look at two things from the Gospel. If you read the Gospel from St. Mark, it's divided into two sections. There's the first section where it's Jesus said, you know, repent and believe in the Gospel, and then it switches over to the calling of the first apostles. So I'm going to reflect on those two parts, how it relates to Scripture, and how this should get us to start thinking about the importance of Scripture, how we need to grow in our devotion to the Holy Word of God, and why this is essential to our faith as Catholics. So part one, in the Gospel, according to St. Mark, Mark reports this phrase from Jesus, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now, probably for many of us when we hear this, if you are paying attention which I hope all of you were, 
but we just hear that kingdom of God isn't that interesting kingdoms are cool and then we move on right St. Mark thinks this is really important because um, and again all of you I know are very familiar with St. Mark's gospel these are the first words that Jesus speaks in the entire gospel the kingdom of God is at hand so if St. Mark elevates this to the first thing that Jesus says in his public ministry in the gospel of Mark this should be pretty important right he thinks that these are important and as he's reporting what Jesus is saying repent and believe the kingdom of God is at hand the gospel writer is showing not only the significance of these words as they should be to us but also revealing the significance that these words would have had to the people who were listening to Jesus when he first preached them right the men and women that followed him that were hearing him first speak these in his time in Galilee and why this is significant because this phrase the kingdom of God would have hit the people that were walking with Jesus in a profound way would have been incre incredibly meaningful because the men and women that Jesus was preaching to were each and every one of them people of the scriptures so when they heard the kingdom of God they didn't just think wow kingdom interesting what they would have thought is they would have gone back to the first book of Genesis first book of the Bible Genesis where immediately after the fall God promised that there would be a savior king who would come and redeem the world they would have remembered the book of Exodus the story of their liberation from Pharaoh numbers Joshua and judges those first books of the Bible where the people were led from slavery to the promised land where the kingdom would eventually be established they would have heard and remembered the books of Samuel and the books of Kings the construction of and the downfall of the Davidic kingdom they would have remembered how after the Jewish people were dispersed during the exiles first to Assyria then to Babylon then under the Persians finally under the Greeks and Romans they would have remembered the story of the prophets Isaiah Ezekiel Elijah Micah Jonah who we heard today is the first reading all of these prophets speaking to the Jewish believers reminding them of the promise of God that a Messiah King would come he would establish a kingdom of victory that would gather all the peoples of the world into peace and right relationship with, with, with of God it, these prophecies that were what gave their ancestors in exile hope God keeps his promises keep the faith and they would have remembered these images these passages from the scriptures these stories and prophecies these would have come flowing back into their mind as soon as they heard that phrase the kingdom of God because these were people of the scriptures they gathered in the synagogues on the Sabbath they went to the temple for the pilgrimage feasts all of their life was immersed in the scriptures memorizing hearing reciting praying and singing they would have known this so that those three words kingdom of God would have revealed and broken open to them the story of salvation in such a way that Jesus just saying those three words to that crowd to that people who knew the written word of God would have heard the kingdom of God is at hand which means the Messiah is here the Messiah is here and then the rest of Jesus's ministry is him saying and I am he I am he 
And the reason that this is so important, that he didn't need to go in and describe what he meant by kingdom of heaven. He didn't need to go in and describe any further details because the people to whom he was preaching were men and women of the scriptures. Their love for the scriptures allowed them access into this truth. But if you don't know the scriptures, brothers and sisters, you miss all of this. And this is only one line, three words from the gospel. Now, I could go on for the rest of this gospel passage and unpack how it's related to the Old Testament, connected to other sections of the gospel. We'd never get out of here, but you would know all those connections. But what I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, do you see the treasury that is our faith? that we would miss if we are not familiar with the Word of God. Second thought. In the Gospel, after we hear this Kingdom of God passage, then we see Jesus going to the shores of the Sea of Galilee. He sees Simon and Andrew. He sees James and John, and he calls them. Fishermen right out of the middle of their work in the middle of their work day. And St. Mark writes something. If you ever read the Gospel of St. Mark, um, he has a favorite word. It comes up all the time. In Latin, it's protinus. In English, it means immediately. St. Mark is like the gospel sprinting. So everything happens immediately. Jesus goes up to the Sea of Galilee. It's not in the English. But Jesus goes up to the Sea of Galilee, and he immediately calls them. And then when they hear the call, it says, and Peter and Andrew, James and John immediately respond. They leave behind their nets, and they go. When? Immediately. And why? I mean, just imagine this. And I was praying with this detail. Why? Why did Jesus on that day, with that invitation, cause these professional men, all of them were professionals, without hesitation, without clarification, without a single question, without even a request to be able to say goodbye to their family members? Remember, Simon was married. Did they abandon their livelihoods right in the middle of the workday, leaving behind family members in those boats and follow Jesus Protinus immediately? And the answer came to me. Each of these men, Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, were men of the Scriptures. Again, on the Sabbath, they would leave behind their nets and they would go to the synagogue to hear and to pray. On the waters, they would sing the psalms. The three pilgrimage feasts, they would walk and recite the psalms and hear the psalms and the scriptures proclaimed in the temple during the sacrifice. These were men of the word of God. They were trained from their childhood to know the way that God spoke because they listened to his word. Their hearts were trained to hear the voice of God and the way that God would speak because they knew His Word. So, with that in mind, is it really a surprise that when Jesus Christ, and what's His name? The Word of God. When Jesus Christ, who is the Word, when this God who inspired the Scriptures, every word of it, when this God who spoke through the Scriptures, every word of it, this God about whom every word of Scripture was pointing, Jesus Christ. That when that same word stood on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and spoke to these men face to face, they recognized Him. They knew how He talked and what He sounded like because they had formed their life to hear Him. 
How? They knew the Word. They knew the Scriptures. So I hope this meditation has pointed out something to everyone. We need to be immersed in the Scriptures, the sacred Scriptures, the Bible. How many of us take time every day to read the scriptures or to listen to them? Even if you can't come to Mass every day, you can access... There's an interesting thing, actually, I learned about it this week. It's called the Internet, um, where you can access all of the readings, the entire Bible, but all of the daily readings that would take place at Mass, even if you can't come to Mass. You can get them. How many of you take that time to do it? Or to study the scriptures, not just read and listen, but to actually dive into greater understand them? How many of you can say you love the Word of God. And here are some things to meditate on, to kind of pinpoint where it is that we need to grow. All of us need to grow, but how much and where do we need to grow as individuals and as families? How many of you have read start to finish outside of Mass all four of the Gospels? How, you don't have to raise your hands. This is not a, not a test. This is individually. How many of you have read start to finish the whole New Testament? How many of you read start to finish the entire Bible. How many of you have reread any of those things? How many of us read the newspaper, check the news, watch TV, check our social media, check our you know, emails every day, but don't look at the Bible? Don't listen to the Word of God. And is that right? Is that right prioritization? How often do you look at your phone or your computer? And how does that compare to how often you look at the Word of God? How many of you have ever studied the Bible, beside being in, you know, when you had to read the Old Testament little bits and pieces in religious education back in sixth grade, outside of that, how many of you have chosen to read a book about the Bible? Not just a book of the Bible, a book about the Bible by someone that might possibly know more than you so that you might gain greater understanding of what you read and hear every time you come to Mass. How many of you have ever belonged to or belong to now a Bible study where you dive into the Word? How many of you can say that the sacred scriptures are so important to you and to your family that you would be willing to move the television or the computer or the video game system out of the main room of your house and enthrone the Bible there. Because what we put in the main room of our house is the central point of decoration, my friends, that usually is the God that we serve, whether we like to admit it or not. In sh short, we need to immerse ourselves, to choose to immerse ourselves in the scriptures every day. Reading, listening, praying. So I recommend this resolution for everyone, including myself. There are about eight weeks, between eight or nine weeks between now and Easter Sunday. As an individual, as a family, or with your friends, read all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, beginning now and ending by Easter. The story of Jesus Christ. No better way, no better way to start your journey through the Scriptures. And then after you do that, during the rest of the year, find one book about the Bible. I'd recommend anything by Dr. Scott Hahn, H-A-H-N, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, -T, in case you need that spelling, Scott Hahn, any book by him to help dive you deeper into the scriptures that you are reading. I'll end with this. St. Jerome, the one who translated the scriptures into Latin, gathered them into a book, what we read from every Sunday. 
He said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Praise be Jesus Christ. 